Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode five of the Grayling Grabbers podcast. My name is Casey. I'm going to be your host again today. And today we are talking about a very epic hunting trip that we did earlier this season. It was a mountain goat hunt. Our good buddy Keekwin, who joins us again on the podcast tonight. Say hello, Keekwin. Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> My man drew a mountain goat permit this year. And uh, so we were extremely fortunate to have the opportunity to go on that. Keekwin, we're going to kind of pass the mic over to you because I want to hear about this thing. I know I got to take part in some of it, but you were taking part in this hunt for months. <laughs> oh, yeah. You were part of this every bit as much as I was, and this was absolutely unreal. It's one of those hunts that you dream of your entire life, and for me to pull them out and go tag, I was like, oh, baby, this is on. Oh, some people apply their whole lives to get a permit like that, and I knew it was your first year applying. When you called me up, you said, man, I got drawn. I was like, no way, buddy. Yeah, completely wrecked. So I was super stoked. And it was like hunting sheep, hunting mountain goat. It's like going to the Olympics. Once you have that tag, that is your sole reason for living. I became obsessed. And that is exactly what I was going to be going for. And I spent a lot of time. I spent a lot of work, a lot of research, a lot of intelligence gathering, a lot of preparation to go after this thing. And folks, uh, for people that don't know Keekwin, that's coming from an Olympic athlete. So the guy knows what it takes to go to the Olympics and he's talking this much game about a goat hunt. So, you know, it's serious business. <laughs> oh, and anyone who's ever been on a goat hunt, they understand that going after a mountain goat, it is next level shit. It's in a league of its own. That's for sure. It totally is. So when I drew that tag, I was like, okay, I got to get ready. Um, essentially the first thing I kind of started doing was I was hitting the range. Yeah. I was going to the range like three, four times a week and I was getting to a point where I was shooting heart shots at 300 yards. No problem. Yeah. Like every shot it was going down. We were setting up balloons, size of hearts, and they were all going down subsequently. Just boom, boom, boom. Yeah. No problem. Like I was super confident. Oh, at it was shooting at 300. Yeah. Um, and then I was also reloading my own bullets at that point as well. So that helped with the accuracy and the shooting and the affordability of yeah. uh, shooting a gun as well. Tell me a little bit about kind of how and why you got into that, the reloading bullets. Because I know for a lot of people, me in New Brunswick, not a lot of my friends did it. It was a pretty new concept to me, but you kind of introduced me to it. Um, what are the perks of doing that? Yeah. So when you reload, it be it's obviously more cost effective and you're able to tailor your powder, your charges um, to a specific amount. So then you get a certain amount of feet per second that's coming out of the nozzle, the amount of power, the amount of joules, the amount of energy that's coming out. So the, the stock bullets that you buy at the store, they're you know, loaded a certain way, but when you are able to reload your own, you can put in the max powder charge. You're able to choose your specific bullet, the specific seat depth, the specific brass, the primers. You're basically creating a custom bullet that's specific for your needs. Yeah. And I knew that that's something I needed to do to have as accurate shot as I could because shooting a mountain goat, you better be on your game. Yeah, you don't know what kind of shot you're going to get up on that mountainside. Exactly. You're gonna, whatever shot the terrain's going to give you, right? Exactly. So I think exactly. that was that was super smart. You get into the range those days shooting the balloons. Great fun too and a good excuse to get out and work on our shooting. So that was awesome. That was perfect. So beyond kind of, you know, punching your own rounds, you've got all your own rounds ready. You've been putting in, you know, three days a week at the range. Um, what was the next step to kind of get ready for this hunt? Well, there's the physical aspect of, of it as well, right? So we're going for hikes. I'm doing a lot of mountain biking. Um, I do a lot of roller skiing, like cross-country ski training in the summer. Yeah. Um, so just physical activity just to, and going to the gym um, to be strong 
and just to be in shape because you know that you have to have the energy, the strength, the power to get up that mountain, the endurance, and you have to be able to last all day. You have to be able to put the stock on the goat. And once you pull the trigger, you got to take care of everything else. You got to gut it, you got to quarter it, and you got to haul that meat out. So we're talking, you better be a beast. Oh, if you're not in shape, you're going to pay. Oh, you're going <laughs> to pay. Gonna pay. And we did. And we did. So, I mean, um, but we did all the prep we could, you know. I feel like, you know, you being the Olympic pro skier, I know your cardio was at a whole other level than mine. But uh, I was doing my best. But, you know, in the midst of our training, because we know hunting season's coming up, we're trying to get in shape. Both of us had setbacks. We both had setbacks. So um, I ended up tearing my right calf a couple months out. So um, that was for mountain biking and I was basically inactive for basically two months and I would say at the beginning of uh, the goat hunt, I was probably at maybe 65, maybe 70% of what my aerobic and physical capacity was at. Yeah, and wow. And Casey, you had something crazy happen to you. Yeah, I had a bit of bad luck. I was on a fishing trip and uh, we were just kind of out cruising on the boat and a friend of mine was using a drone, um, lost control of the drone. The drone flew into my eye and uh, split my left eye in half, full orbital rupture out on the lake. <laughs> Completely <laughs> so, wrecked. Yeah, we might talk about that one in a later podcast. We're thinking about doing these little Troubles in the Trees series. It's going to talk about little setbacks that happened in the woods and how we got out of them. But just a couple cliff notes on that. Yeah, we were way out in the bush. I got cut, uh, cut in two, had to make our way off the water um, 300 kilometers back into town. And I was medevac to Vancouver for, for a couple weeks. But long story short, I got some vision back in my left eye. Yep. It looks a little bit funny, but no worse for wear. Oh, he's good to go. He can see those <laughs> ungulates. He can see those animals as good as I can. I'll spot so. them from a mile away. Sometimes better, I'd say. Oh, for sure. Better. Most of the time. <laughs> no, that's not true. Um, so yeah, kind of bad through that so we're both coming back off you know kind of a bed rest we're not able to really work out we get back in the gym as much as we can um and then after that i guess the third element i guess for this like there must have been a lot of learning and education going into this studying these animals oh i mean so first of all you need to be able to distinguish between a billy and a nanny and the amount of education you require the amount of youtube videos that i watch just to be able to figure out like how do I know what the difference is between the two? And for a trained eye, it's not too hard, but even for a trained eye in certain angles, you're still gonna question it because when you're going after these animals, you wanna shoot a billy. Even though the tag is for either sex, you are encouraged to shoot a billy. So that was my sole goal. I wanted to make sure that I shot a billy and I did a ton of research. I watched so many YouTube videos that when I got into the field, I had to know exactly what I was looking at to make sure that if I was going to pull the trigger, that I was 2000% confident in what I was shooting. It's extremely tricky. And for people that are uh, new to goat hunting or to mountain goats, um, Billy goat is just a male of the species where the nanny is the female of the species. I don't know for a Billy Keekwin, I know when you were teaching me, cause I hadn't really done the homework. I was just getting ready to be your packing guy when I came on this trip with you. What are the key features for you that really stand out that enable you to tell the difference between the two? Yeah, there's quite a few. So you can look at um, like how they're associating, like what kind of group they're in. So usually uh, billies, so the males, um, they will be either by themselves or in like groups of two or three. Right. Um, whereas like nannies, they're going to be with their yearlings, with the kids, and they're going to be, you know, there's going to be like a large group of them, probably like five, six, seven, eight 
um, the numbers can go up. Grouped and up. then, yeah, exactly. They're grouped up. Yeah. So other uh, ways to distinguish a nanny from a billy is billies usually have bigger bases of from their horns. So you can tell by looking at the eye of the billy and comparing that to the base of the horn. For the most part, that horn should be bigger than the eye. Right. Okay. And also the space between the horns, it's usually narrower as well. And then also you're looking at the glands behind the horns. Both nannies and billies have glands, but the glands on the billies, they are much bigger and they're more pronounced. Yeah. And then the curvature of the horns on a billy, it's more gradual. Whereas on a nanny, it's kind of straight and then it kind of kinks a bit at the very end. Right. And plus their horns on a nanny, they're also thinner as well. Thinner horns, more of a kink. As opposed to that gradual, nice thick base. Exactly. That tapers up. Exactly. And then also when you're looking at the face of a nanny versus a billy, like a nanny's like more short, so a billy's gonna have like a longer horse face. Right. And then the body shape of the billy is a lot stockier. Like they're they're bigger than a nanny for sure. Once you've seen enough of them, I guess you exactly. can almost just tell from that sometimes. Yeah. Do an experienced guy, yeah. I'm sure. And then also like when um when billies are bedded, you can see that dirt patch on the side of their ass. Um, and also, obviously, a, a perfect way to distinguish between a nanny and a billy is the way they go to the bathroom, the little way they pee. So, yeah. um, I mean, you got to be watching an animal for quite a long time to see that. So the other features are, you know, pretty good in terms of distinguishing between the two sexes. Absolutely. No, you definitely yeah. did your homework for this one. And, I mean, it's mandatory for a hunt like this. you got to go out there with the utmost confidence that you're taking exactly what you're going after. So, yeah, I was super impressed that you did all that background research. And, yeah, you were able to teach me a lot of that on that hunt. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I wanted to make sure that I knew what I was looking at. Mm -hmm. um, and then once I had all that education, it was, okay, well, I've done most of the prep work. But then you got to scout the area. Yeah. And when you're scouting that area, there is so much terrain. Okay, what area are you going to go into? And then how are you going to get into there? Are there billies up there? And this one particular area that I accessed, I mean, I knew that we were going to go after the billy in September. So I wanted to get a lay of the land. And I spent like multiple, multiple trips heading into that area, glassing, watching, and hiking that mountain like... I wanted to get into that mountain, into the range, to see what I could see. And when you're hiking up the steep ass bushwhack, you can't see a meter in front of you by yourself. You know there are bears around. It's, uh, it can get pretty sketchy. So I, I put myself in that situation. I wanted to make sure that I got as much intel as I could before the hunt began. So. We were as prepared as we could be Absolutely. going into it. Yeah, and we had all the kind of cards. We knew it was in front of us a little bit. Um, but yeah, what you said about how thick the bush is, being hard to see, it's a bit. It's almost as much of a mental game as it is a physical game, mm -hmm. especially when you're going up by yourself like that because you don't know what you're going to bump in those trees. You, you know? have no idea what's around. And at one point when it got you know close to all the way up the mountain, I saw this black bear and oh, he yeah. was a big motherfucker. Yeah, he was hanging out on that hill. We ran into him like another time as well. Yeah. Yeah, so that was interesting. And that just goes to show, you know, you just got to keep your wits about you. That's exactly. all. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So. so, you know, all the work is done. Um, you know, it's months and it's come time to finally go after this. So tell me a little bit about the very first day of this trip. So that first day, um, it was... You, Kurt, and myself. Yeah, the three of us, that's right. We started pretty early. Uh, we got to the access point, and um, 
essentially I had been up that mountain once by myself, but Casey and Kurt had never been up there. So I was really kind of like excited to show them what kind of a bushwhack it was. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't wait for us to suffer. It was, it was wrecked. It was completely wrecked. Uh, and it really was. He's not, yeah, he's not exaggerating at all. I've done, spent a lot of hours in the woods of my life. And, uh, you know, when he was warning me about this bushwhack, I was like, ah, we'll see, you know, we'll see how bad it really is. <laughs> but yeah, we get there and there's alders, you know, six feet over our heads and they are jammed together. So we're just pulling ourselves up this mountain for the first hour and a half. Oh. I don't know, oh, man. Yeah, we're we're yeah and hours. It's, we're it's steep. We can't see where we're going. All we know is the mountain is straight ahead because of how steep the grade is. And uh, yeah, we had to pull ourselves through that basically because there was what else much, could you do? What pretty much, you're <laughs> yeah. sweeping the alders, the willow to the side, and you're trying to make tracks through. You can't see what in front of you. You can't see what's over you. It's just so thick. You have no idea. And then there are some parts where it kind of clears up, and that's where you get your kind of bearings to make sure that you're going the right way. Yeah. But otherwise, you're kind of going in blind. You kind of know that this is where we're going, and you just kind of follow it. Yeah. And you're just, it's like blind, blind faith. Oh, there was times even where you and Kurt would get ahead of me, and, you know, the alders would close in. You're only 10 feet ahead of me, but because how thick the bush is, I'd have to call out to make sure I was heading in the right direction, oh. you know, so I wouldn't lose you. Yeah. Because it was that, it was really that bad, and it muffles the sound when the, when the woods is that thick as well. Oh, yeah, and you're trying to negotiate with the gun on your back that's sticking up. It's oh. getting caught and all this stuff, so. And this trip, we're planning on spending the nights. We got our camps on. On our back we yeah. know we're loaded heavy we got food we got our rifles we got all our bags everything that's prepared in case we are successful um so yeah we're not exactly going up light and uh yeah it's not exactly a small mountain <laughs> definitely not a small <laughs> oh, mountain brother. in the boonies yeah no it was the real deal yeah so we're hiking up and then we kind of get um kind of kind of in this clearing and then we decide to veer to the right and as we veered to the right, it was kind of like this boulder kind of uh, field. There was, yeah, where it had slid a few years back or whatever. Yeah, yeah and that was more clear. There wasn't trees, at least. No Not bushwhacking. Trees. No bushwhacking. But ankle rolling territory. You just got to be careful on those rocks. Yeah, for sure. Like, not quite scree. What would you call that? I don't know. Just a bunch uh, of boulders. Just anyway. a bunch of boulders. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of boulders. And then we kind of got past that part. And then, so if we thought the earlier part was steep, uh, this part was like... Death steep. Yeah, we're talking 45 at least. At least. I was thinking 60. Because it probably is, I remember man. when we were climbing it and I was essentially on my hands and my knees yeah. climbing something vertical, yeah. hanging on to the brush. Yeah. And because I remember thinking, oh, fuck. I looked behind me and I was like, man, we're pretty fucking steep here. Yeah. And I looked at Casey. <laughs> I, for those of you that don't know, I've got a fear of heights. <laughs> so Billy Goat hunting probably wasn't something I should have been doing, but I like to push it a little bit. I like uh, I like the rush it gives me. But like Hequin said, you're you're pulling yourself up with your arms. You might as well be climbing a ladder. And you look down. The trouble is, because we didn't have trees and alders anymore, we're exposed too. And that's when I start to get nervous because if you fall, you're going to tomahawk and you're not going to stop. You're pretty much going all the way to the bottom. Yeah. So yeah. that was a little dicey. We, we navigated that. I think it was like an hour of real steep yeah. sketchy climb we finally got to a spot where it leveled out a bit and we could get some food into us eh? yeah exactly we got to that spot we thought okay this is going to be the place where we're going to camp and then Chris like hey there's a black bear there that's where he popped out again I know <laughs> we just settled down like, oh, I'm huffing and puffing put the bag down Chris like oh yeah there's a big old bear over there I was like oh shit yeah. <laughs> went and sco he didn't want no smoke the bear didn't know we were there at first yeah. you know bears are usually pretty chill anyways it was yeah. cool to see him but we watched him for a bit He once he finally clued in that we were there he just kind of went about his day did his thing yeah, and he, we 
He took off. He took off. Which is kind of good because you want them to be skittish of yourselves. Yeah. If they're hanging around, then it seem, it means that they're a little too used to you. Yeah, exactly. You don't necessarily want a bear that's a little too little too brave. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he took off, which was great. We didn't want him to be close in case we had any success and had a gut pile laying around. And we just kind of quickly got some food into us and then yep. made, made hay for the summit. Yeah. So then once we got the food into us, we kind of, at that point, I was like, okay, the hunt, I mean, the hunt was obviously on once we got into the mountain but i was like okay at this point the hunt is really on yeah um because once we crest this ridge we don't know what's on the other side and sure enough we crest the ridge belly crawled <laughs> over the ridge oh, man. once we got over it we're like boom i could see this huge motherfucking billy oh, at yeah. a distance and i'm like whoa there he was got the glass on him and then i was like hey kurt check this out because kurt's never really seen one and when he was looking at it he was like they get that big yeah I was like, dude, they get big. They get yeah. up to like 300 pounds. These were some, that was a healthy Billy we were looking at. Yeah. <laughs> he was healthy and he, he was pretty far. And then we kind of were watching him for a little bit. And then we moved up the ridge a little further. And then what do you know? There's more goats. I see more white dots. And I'm thinking, okay, well, there's like a group of six, seven of them. I'm like, there's, Billies don't hang out in groups like that. Yeah. So I just kind of let it be. I didn't think too much of it. Um, and then I got the glass on him. Yep. And I was watching. And Shout I was out Vortex like, Optics. <laughs> Sponsor us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you get the glass on. I got what the do you glass see? on. And I'm like, oh, shit, boys. There's actually a Billy in this group. It took me a while because it was my first time laying eyes on a real live mountain goat. So when that happens, you can watch as many YouTube videos as you want. You can do as much education as you need. When you see that thing in real life, you're second guessing yourself. So oh, you're going to take your time. And it took me a while. I was like, okay, it's got all the features. But the one thing that was really just like sketching me out was, why is he hanging out with nannies, yearlings? What's going on? Because yeah. it's not rent season yet. Yeah. So that's what threw me off. And that's what made me second guess as to whether it was a billy or not. Yeah. But then when it came down to it, I was like, spent a got, lot of time looking at him. Man. I was watching this guy for so long and I confirmed every feature besides the feature of him taking a piss. Mm -hmm. It was 100% a Billy. Yeah. And once I was like, this is a Billy. Kurt was like, okay, he's going <sighs> to, he basically went up the ridge to see if there was another access point. Cause at the point that we were at Casey ranged it. Yeah. And he said 350. I was like, Oh, just a bit too far, right? Because we've been shooting a three dialed, but we the wind is up a bit. We're shooting across a canyon. It's a little sketchy. So yeah. Keekwin made the right call. He said, you know what? We're going to close that gap 50 yards. We're going to get a good shot that I know I can make perfectly, mm -hmm. which is the ethical decision. You made a great call. I was very proud of you there. Yeah. So Kurt went up to see if there was an access point, and he's like, he gave us the AOK. -okay. He came back down. There's an access point up a little further on the ridge. So he's a Billy Goat himself. The way he's shooting around, he's totally cliff, man. He's a perfect guy. Perfect guy. Oh, he's for a that. perfect guy for the teams. I'm shaking in my boots. Like had to belly crawl to get up on this ridge. And then when you guys took off for that goat, um, yeah, that's when the terrain really started to get dicey because we were getting into that kind of shale rock on the summit, and we didn't want the goat to see us, so we were sneaking around it. But we had, what, a 20, 30-foot vertical drop straight behind us that dropped into that 60-degree scree. Um, so if you took a tumble, you're in trouble. I got that big frame pack on. You guys scooted right up there. I kind of got hung up on mm -hmm. the cliff face for a while. Mm -hmm. 
It's a long story. Understandably. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was sketchy, right? Like, I wanted to get this goat, but I wanted to survive to fight another day, too. <laughs> yeah. I've got a lot, of, lot more hunting trips I want to go on. <laughs> and I had to be at work the next day, so couldn't <laughs> couldn't be six feet under. But So I dropped the pack, and what I chose to do instead, I was, you know, fully in camo, so I belly crawled the whole way up the ridge, just really took my time, and I made my way up to where you guys were um, without spooking the goat, so it all worked out fine. Um, we're getting ready. To kind of, you know, you know what's the bill you want to take? What happens yeah. then? It was go time. I was like, Kurt, let's go. Let's go, boys. And so we kind of move up the ridge. Mm-hmm. Kurt was a little bit ahead of me. He's like, okay, this is a spot. I'm like, perfect. This is a spot. I kind of start getting settled in. I'll probably, you know, a couple minutes from taking the shot. And then I look kind of behind me. Casey was a little bit behind me. And he's looking at me and he's pointing up the ridge. <sighs> I was like, what the hell is he pointing at? There's another billy up there that I can't see. And then I take a closer look. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck is that? Got it. There is this lady walking down the ridge with her dog. So we're talking a mountain that nobody hikes. There's we're no in the trail boonies. here. It's brutal access. It's completely brutal. <laughs> oh. But there's a lady and her dog up here. So we were completely dumbfounded. I'm like, get ready to set up my shot. We're seconds and, away from having this Billy, you know? Oh, exactly. And it's as soon as we crested the mountain, we would have been home for supper almost. Exactly. <laughs> so then I see from my glass the yearling come over to the Billy. And I don't know. They're communicating somehow. The Billy gets up and he starts walking away. I'm Off like, they go. no fucking way. Yeah. This is not happening to me, right? I was completely gutted at that point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was devastating, actually. I couldn't believe it because I was sitting there. The, the tension is really high. We think we're about to get it done. As you guys are crawling up just for a bit further ahead to get in a better shooting position, I'm just staying down while you guys are moving just to make sure I got eyes on the billy. And as I'm watching them, I look up on the summit. I don't know why I did. I look left, and there this lady pops up. And, yeah, that's what ensued after that. So just terrible luck. I don't know, man. wasn't meant to be that day. It just wasn't meant to be. For something to happen on a day like that, it just wasn't meant to be. The universe was telling you, okay, it's not yours today. And at that point, I was like, well, maybe it'll never be. <laughs> yeah. So then after that, I was like, no way. Yeah. Total wrench. Total wrench. But, you know, back to the fact, okay, well, it just wasn't meant to happen. I kind of accepted that. And we were planning on spending the night. And then we were looking at the forecast and the weather was not looking good at nah. all. The goats had gotten spooked. They were basically out of the zone yeah so we we're just like okay well you know it wasn't meant to happen now so let's just we had a good good intelligence gathering yeah we were able to get on a stock we were able to get close we know exactly what's going to happen so next time things can happen a lot faster we'll be just more precise with our timing and everything yep so we decided just to call it and uh um basically shut it down for that for that hunt yep and then um after that hunt I was even more obsessed mm-hmm. than what I was before. I was like, well, that might have been my only shot. So then I was like, fuck this. I'm going back up in a couple days and I'm going to get myself a billy. Even if I'm going by myself. And the plan, I was actually I was gonna go by myself. That was I was mentally prepared. And then Casey was like, dude, 
I've actually got some time off work. Like, this is perfect. <laughs> and I never get weekdays off. I always work Monday to Friday. I had this random Wednesday off. And Keekwin's telling me how he's coming back and he's getting this goat, whether he's got to do it by himself, whatever he's got to do. I checked the schedule on Monday morning. I was like, oh shit, I'm off in two days. Got the whole day Wednesday. And you know, usually mountain goat hunting isn't a one day affair, but uh, luckily our access point was a couple hours from town. We knew if we got up real early and we're willing to sacrifice some sleep, we'd have a chance. So I messaged Keek when I said, buddy, I got the day. What do you think? He said, let's go. Oh. <laughs> it was it was game time. Yeah. It was game time. And it so. really was, man. And it truly was. I mean, obviously, the days always start early. No mm-hmm. matter what, they always start early. Yeah. So same deal. You pick me up a few hours before sunrise. Yeah. We're at the access point before the sun comes up. Yeah. And then we basically start bushwhacking up again. Oh, just a joke, right? Back up that same <laughs> bullshit. Oh, man. No Never problem. Never so many alders in my face in my life. <laughs> losing eyes. <laughs> yeah. Try to lose another one. Yeah. <laughs> so this time we decided to go a different way. Well, we went up the same way, but then we decided to side hill a little further. Yeah. I was scared of that 60 degree whatever slope you made me climb the time before. I was like, hey, I'm <laughs> we climbed that ridge over there looks a lot easier it was pretty taxing on the legs but i felt like it was a little less exposed i don't know all said and done it cost us a bit more time yeah um but uh, it did work out we got up there and uh yeah what happened then yeah it was the same thing so we kind of got over to that ridge on the far side we side hilled for a while Mm -hmm. got up on the ridge had some lunch and once we got over to the ridge boom white dot Billy. <laughs> yeah. And this time, though, they're not right there. They're not presenting themselves. They're off on this cliff, they, like another K away or oh, whatever. They were, yeah, they were far enough where the first time that we saw them, we were like, we're not going that far. No, exactly. The first it, day. It, 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 they seemed inaccessible from the first time that we saw a group, like the Billy's yeah. the first hunt. And this time, this Billy was in the same area. But we were so damn determined. And we just knew we were more comfortable with the terrain. We looked at it. We said, oh, yeah, you know what? They're in a spot where we can get to them. So I think we saw three billies we were interested in, right? Yeah, so we saw the one, and it wasn't wasn't one that I wanted to go after. And then we kind of saw, like, one dot. Yeah. And then another they dot appeared. appeared. yeah. Just like the heads, right? And we're thinking, oh, okay, there's three of them. Chances are they're billies. We got enough time. Let's fucking go after it. And that was a cool stock because um, we had a big distance to cover. Oh. We had some mountains in between us and them, but we're kind of riding the high country at this point. So it's not too bad. The climb isn't too bad. There was that one big climb we had to do. Mm-hmm. But other than that, um, yeah, tell them a little bit about the stock. What really sticks out in your mind? Yeah, so we were on the ridge. We kind of came down the valley, climbed another mountain, kind of on the backside where, from where the billies were. And then, yeah, it was like pretty, I'd say pretty easy going relatively to what we have been exposed to yeah. getting up that mountain. Um, and then once we kind of got up to the point where we kind of thought they were, um, we dropped the packs and then um, they were on the third. And just before that, so before we even got to them, I remember we're closing our distance and we're kind of feeling it, you know, sometimes you just know when things are coming together and something out of a movie, an episode of Meat Eat or whatever, I see, you know, sure enough, look down into this little bowl. There's a mountain caribou, big bull with the cow right. and our little baby. And we sit and watch them because how do you not? We were in the middle of this yeah. stock, but we're like, I'll be damned if we're going to pass up this opportunity to see these guys out in the high country. Yeah. 
So we watched them. That was so f- cool for me to see that. I don't see enough mountain caribou. I love when I get mm-hmm. eyes on them. Mm-hmm. And we're like, reju- we're all pumped up about that. And we're like, oh yeah, like let's get back to stalking this yeah. guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So we get, we got the binos on the, the caribou for a while. Then we get back. And like you said, we just kind of came around to the mountain where we thought they were going to be. Because mm-hmm. um, basically we were way up on a high feature. And these guys were just going to be down below us. Like mm-hmm. roughly, we knew within half a kilometer. So close to a shooting range. But we didn't know we were going to crest over that peak. And we were going to look down and get a range. That was our plan. Yeah. So we kind of got there. We we crept up. And then Casey was like... Belly crawled to the ridge. Oh, we basically, yeah. We belly crawled to the ridge. Yeah. And then I think it was the first kind of... And it's a uh, vertical drop off in front of us. Oh, yeah. It's like death. You're... you're all, you're dead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was crazy, man. Belly crawled up there. And I don't... They weren't on the first one. No, we missed them the first time. So I said, you know what? Just a bit further. Further, exactly. They weren't on the second one. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of went a little further. And there they were. We pop up all three right there, man. All three right there. And when you see three white dots kind of just chilling, they have no idea that you're there. Yeah. My heart started racing. I was like, oh, okay, this is is the chance. I get on my scope and I'm... Taking my time and I'm confirming. Oh yeah. And I confirmed that every single one of those three were Billy's. And at that point <laughs> I was like, okay, well, which one is it going to be? Oh yeah. Which one is going to p- provide the most ethical shot? Yeah. Because after the blown hunt. Yeah. A few days before I was like, okay, we got, we have a job here to do. Let's get the job done. Let's do it right. Let's do it right. So then we knew where they were. And you had ranged them at like three something. They were just north of 300 yards. But so like it was like three, whatever, 310, something like that. Yeah. We were comfortable. I was comfortable. I was like, I can make the shot here for yeah. sure. But then we needed to figure out how are we going to get to this goat? Because <laughs> that's the thing. We're looking, we're looking at the drop off. I was like, well, I'm not jumping off this cliff to get there. So, we so ropes. Uh, we're not rappelling down this. No, we're not rappelling. Uh, hopefully we bring that those skills in next year. We got to get our buddy Andrew that was on the last podcast to help us with that, him and yeah. his military knowledge. Yeah. But for now, we don't have that skill set. We don't have the ropes and gear. So I'm looking at keep one. I'm like, all right, you keep an eye on these billies. Like make sure you know you know what's going on. I'm going to go down and try to see if there's an access point to mm-hmm. see if we can take a shot that will enable us to actually get to them because they're kind of on this plateau. Yeah, 300 yards below this cliff that we're standing at. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that little gully, that little, yeah. um, which I knew was a good shooting lane. I looked just beyond that and sure enough, there's a scree slope that doesn't quite drop off and I'm, I'm a little apprehensive, but I'm like, man, I'm like, yeah, we can go down there if you want to. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when I was watching the billies, you can't, so as you went down to check out that terrain Mm -hmm. to see how we could access them, I was watching them and they... Man, the I don't. It's unbelievable. The wind was in our favor. Everything was in our favor. But they were turning their heads towards the direction that you were walking. Oh, it's terrible. And I was, and b- I was below thinking, the ridge and everything. Oh man. yeah, they couldn't see him. They couldn't. But they just knew. Yeah, they were following his movement. And I was thinking, oh no, our stocks are gonna get blown again. Yeah. So then, when you came back up, I'm like, okay, we gotta stay right here. We can't do any. We can't move any further because yeah. you were asking me. I don't know if we can access them through this point. I'm like, bro, I trust your judgment. If you think we can get there, we're going to do it. And I, I ain't going down there and check it out because 
No, we can't just, ruin it, right? Yeah. And I, I was pretty confident, and I knew if I was willing to do it, Keekwin's less scared of heights than I am, so yeah. I gave him the green light, and uh, yeah, next thing you know, you know, you're shouldering the gun. So yeah, so I was getting set up, um, it was a prone shot, it was, you range it at just 310 or something. Yep. Um, so I'm like, okay, yeah, this is doable, um, I get set up. But my setup wasn't right. It was tricky, man. It was, I could not get the right angle on the goats. I was like, oh no. It's so, a downhill shot. Downhill it's all shot. It's weird, man. There's just lots going on. So yeah. I just couldn't get set up. So we had to move. So I was like, Casey, man, is there another spot? Like down the ways, like there's this other spot that we can check out. So we kind of moved down, belly crawled. crawled. And sure enough, we get to that spot, way better angle. I was stoked about it. When he asked me if there was the other spot, I said, man, there's a canyon down there, which is going to be way cooler. It's this perfect canyon that we had as a shooting lane. Um, and yeah, again, just about 300 yards thereabouts. And Keekwin's got this clear shot at all three of them. So he all he has to do is pick the billy he wants, yeah. get set up properly. And uh, we are seconds away from closing the deal at this oh, point. exactly, exactly. So we get down there. I make my confirmations. Casey's got the binos. I set up prone. So I've never done a downhill shot before. Oof, me neither. So this thing was range at 310 approximately. I'm like, okay, there's going to be less bullet drop for a 310 downhill shot. I'm thinking it was like maybe 30 degrees, but I didn't know because I'd never done a downhill shot before. Yeah. So I looked at Casey. I'm like, dude, like, have you ever had experience shooting downhill like this? I'm like, straight up, man. No, like my, most of my shots have been pretty much straight on or shooting uphill. So I'm like, you know, I've read up on it a bit. I haven't even practiced it much because most of the time at the range, even you're shooting uphill and I just haven't. Yeah. For, you know, you don't think of it until you're in that position. Yeah. You're like, ah, I should have practiced these shots. Yeah. And in my head, I'm like, shit, man, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Less bullet drop for sure. But yeah. we're talking it through together and we're being calm about it. Right. Exactly. So yeah. I was like, okay, it's a downhill three hundo shot. I'm going to put it on my second crosshairs. Yeah. Basically treat it as a 200 yard shot. And so I get set up and I'm like, I was so calm. There yeah. was nothing going on, nah, nothing exactly. going on in my head. Shut off the noise. My heart was completely beaten at 35 beats per minute. Not even, <laughs> not it's even. Calm, man. Just, just a diesel calm. engine. Just, uh, it was, ah, I was slick because I was ready for this. Yeah. I was ready for this. Exactly. So then I had, well... I was waiting for an ethical shot on, there's this one Billy that I wanted to shoot, but it wasn't a great shot. The second one wasn't a great shot because it was a front shot. Yep. The third one, he was just lying there, just dead to the world. Um, that was the one I wanted you to take, that man. Was I, was like, I was like, oh, take. I like that, Billy. He's big. <laughs> <laughs> so sure enough, you end up going for him. I was like, yeah, man, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. So then I, I just kind of waited. I kind of waited. And then sure enough, the one that Casey manifested he decided to stand up. Broadside. He stood up. It was a perfect broadside shot. Yep. I look at it. I've already got the round chambered. And essentially, it was just a deep breath. And as I exhaled, the trigger just slowly squeezed. Bang. Shot went off. And then Casey spotting. Yep, I got the glass on him. I know I'm your spotter. I'm trying to do my job. I'm trying to my best to stay calm. My heart rate. There's not many beats left in it after the climb we just did, but it's, you know it's starting to get a little bit racing. And I'm looking down and I see him. I was like, oh man, 
perfect shot. You hit him broadside right on. And you said, no, I didn't. I said, yeah, you did. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it was a perfect shot. I saw where the impact was. Um, There was no doubt in my mind. Um, And then, yeah, sure enough, we get eyes on him. He drops. He took like a couple steps kind of forward, like down the ridge. And then he kind of disappears. So now it's like, okay, Casey, like if I got the shot, we got the shot. We walked up a little bit and he was kind of, the billy goat was just kind of lying there. Kind of, you know, kind of moving, but not really moving. Spending his last bit of energy, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, taking his last breaths. And then as we walked a little further up to grab our gear, we see the billy. We're thinking, oh, he's perf- He's in a perfect spot. We're just going to come down this scree, this, this hill, and then we'll be able to access him. Yeah. But what does he do, as uh, all billies do? Yeah, the roll, man. They always roll down the mountain. Yeah, so he fell, and it was steep. He's in billy country. There's nothing nothing <laughs> flat about it, and it's thick. And there was thick. nothing stopping him. Oh, man, just thick softwood spruce trees. Yeah. Um, and he just disappears into this stuff, and I just kind of look at Keek when I was like, well, we got our work cut out for us <laughs> just to find him. <laughs> oh, so we drop into this sketchy bowl we ride down the scree we get to where he was hit initially find mm-hmm. the blood trail we've and we just start working the path looking for snap twigs oh. where he went down the hill right yeah it was a grid system so casey stayed on the left hand side i basically freaking crawled across zigzagged yeah. zigzagged that entire area it was probably half an hour later like i got to the end of it and it's like this big gully i was like okay well that's the end uh, Billy's not down there. Yeah. So I kind of come back half an hour later. I kind of look up to Casey. I'm like, hey, do you see him? He's like, I don't see anything. And it was weird because I was just standing there looking at Casey. And then I kind of looked to my right and something caught my eye. Yeah. <laughs> there was just this kind of indentation, this, you know, fallen branches. And there it was, this white beast of an animal just lying in the trees. (laughs) I was like, no way. There he is. Just a monster, man. And what a sigh of relief for me because it's always that anxiety. I know we got him, but we got the job's not done till we find him. We get him caught up. We get him to the truck. So I'm just, you know, worked up and Keekwin's like, I found him. There he is. I was screaming. (laughs) (laughs) I ran, ran down this vertical face and yet we got to him, man. And it was just a specimen. It was beautiful. I've never, never in a million years did I think on my second season in the Yukon I'd be you know with one of my best buddies fucking taking part in a successful mountain goat hunt man I I thought five years away you know when my mountain skills are better but here we are man we got this done and I'm just I'm at a loss for words oh I couldn't believe it and you know there was this this doubt still right Mm -hmm. because you know you confirm that it was a billy but you I never saw his balls Oh, yeah. And then when I got up to it and I saw his balls. Big set of nuts, buddy. Big set of nuts. (laughs) Confirmation. Uh, Huge relief. Yeah. Um, It was was surreal at that point. (laughs) And then, of course... That's when the work begins. Yeah, you know? the work begins, of course. You know, so it's a fun work. We know we got the job done. We're cutting them up, business as usual. Um, and you know, that took us. We made pretty quick work of them. Oh yeah, it didn't take us very long to gut it and to quarter it because we knew that we could only get out the quarters. 
the rest of it, I would have to basically come back the next day yep. um, to get it. So we um, get the quarters off, you know, I got with our, you know, our packs on, we're each rocking 105, 110 pounds. Oh yeah, well over north of 100 pounds on our backs. <laughs> yeah, so it's heavy. We're both loaded super heavy, but we see this drainage off the mountain where the belly fell and we're like, all right, here's our perfect access point. It's going to get us closer to where the vehicles are. We might have three or 4K once we're down off the mountain through the trees. Doesn't mm -hmm. look too bad. But uh, let me tell you, it was bad. And that is a story for next time. <laughs> I think that's where we leave things off tonight, Keith. When we got in a little bit of trouble with this pack out, we got it done. We got the Billy in the fridge. He's delicious. But I think on the next podcast, we'll take some more time to talk about the pack out because that was a two-day job in itself. Oh, that was brutal. That's uh, something that I don't wish upon anyone. For it was sure. a great learning experience. Absolutely. And I mean, hey. If you have the opportunity to do a Billy Goat oh, hunt yeah, and yeah, to get yeah. into the shit that we got into on the pack out, 100% yep. you'll learn so much from it. You'll learn a lot about yourself and what you're made of. That's for sure. I know I did. It tested our metal. That's for sure. It tested our metal 100%. And we got out of there. And, uh, you know, Friday night, the boys were here. and We did some slow cooked goat backstrap and goat tenderloin, um, Irish stew style as is tradition. And damn, man, it made every second of that suffering worth it. Oh, absolutely. So we are super excited to let you know exactly how that pack out went but you guys know now that it was a successful hunt we got the job done and we are so stoked and so happy yeah what an experience experience of a lifetime thanks again keekwin for bringing me in and making me a part of that um again it was uh such an experience for me and i'm so glad that i got to take part in you punching that incredible incredible tag with that beautiful absolute example specimen of a billy thanks man you're the co-captain so it's as much yours as it is mine oh i don't know about that but i'm just happy to be there <laughs> <laughs> and that's a wrap for tonight folks um to, on the next episode next week we're going to get andrew and raf in on the podcast these boys were instrumental in coming we called in reinforcements for the pack out um so they're going to come in and talk a little bit about that we're going to talk about the trouble that me and keekwin got into later that day so stay tuned next week for that episode thanks so much for tuning in it was a pleasure as always really appreciate you guys hitting the play button we will catch you next time looking forward to it guys we'll see you later